0: Salam Koshamadi. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Team Nelly Talk. I'm your host, Artis Zakari. It's great to have you with us. It's been a couple months since since our last edition of Team Nelly Talk, but it's great to be back. And joining us is a special guest, just like last time, Behrouz Afrachan. Behrouz, it's great to have you back with us. How you doing?
1: Hi, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving to everyone.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Uh, happy holidays to everyone as well, to all our listeners. All right, Behrouz, so last time we talked, it was right after Team LE's World Cup qualifiers against Qatar and that scoreless draw at China. A lot of Team LE fans were not very excited at that moment because the game against Qatar wasn't a really good performance. But then they came back with two really important victories. A one nothing victory over Uzbekistan in Tashkent and, of course, a one nothing victory over South Korea in Tehran at the always intimidating Azadi Stadium. And the match against Uzbekistan, when I look back at that, you know, the you know, Iran scored off a set-piece, a header from Jalal Hosseini, assisted by Masoud Shojai. But, but from the Uzbeks' point of view, they said that they were missing um, their captain in midfielder, Odil Asmidov, who's a very good player. And do you think that if he was in that game, would that have really limited Iran's chances to win?
1: Again, it's just uh, speculation. Who knows? You know, I mean... Anybody can say anything, and uh, usually also in the world of politics and soccer, people always want to say, oh, if this had happened, that would have happened, and if this condition would have been there, then such and such thing would have happened. I, you know, who knows? Who knows? But um, the facts are, I mean, we talked about it last time. You just mentioned it. Remember when in our talk last time, We said the good thing about the Iranian team is now we have, even though we have been complaining about it in the past, that we don't have an Ali Da'i anymore in this team. But we talked about, well, there's a potential of different players scoring all the way up to the defensive line. And and you saw, if you you recall from last time, I had mentioned to you that Jalal Hosseini could score and Masoud Shojai could score. And... uh, I'm glad that uh, they came through in that game against Uzbekistan, and, you know, they scored. It reminded me of the, the the goal he had scored, Jalal Hosseini, in the uh, Asian Cup Malaysia 2007 uh, on a header. So, you know, and also Masoud Shujui, you know, throughout the, his career with the national team has scored different goals. One prominent one was the game against Saudi Arabia and Tehran. Unfortunately, we lost that game 2-1 two in 2009, but then again... So you see you see the, the good thing about this, and, and, and let me just concentrate on the Iranian team, as, as opposed to talk about you know some, some player in, in Uzbekistan. The good thing about it is now you have uh, different choices as a coach uh, like Carlos Karosh has achieved so far with a uh, vast amount of talent and potential among the Iranian youth who play soccer and those who make it all the way to the professional level in, in Iran, and all, obviously the ones who are playing outside. Uh Today, you know, faber Moon scored a beautiful goal against Bayern Munich, um, the very first goal, and then they ended up beating Bayern Munich. Even though, yeah, we can say that Bayern Munich didn't have all their regular players on, but the fact that, you know, a Champions League game and faber Moon comes through and scores a beautiful, beautiful goal... Um that's that's that should be obviously very good news for Iranian soccer fans uh, all over the world and uh, basically what's good about the national team of Iran is as you mentioned we had trouble with the games against Qatar and China early on but now you see the games against Uzbekistan and, and South Korea, big difference and, and these very two teams, we were in the same group with them last time, four years ago and you see the difference this time you see how uh, First of all, the talent tool that he has available to him, uh, I saw some number, if I'm correct, uh, they said uh, throughout his uh, coaching uh, stint in Iran, uh, Carlos Hirosh has brought on some 94 players. Uh, Am I correct on that number, Arash? Do you have that number?
0: Yeah, I believe that's a pretty accurate number.
1: Yeah, 94. I mean, that's a, that's a big number. So, uh, you know, again, it goes to show that, first of all, He is a good coach as far as uh utilizing the talent that he sees in Iran and also the fact that um we have this talent pool in Iran that could be used and uh brought on when needed. And and the good thing about it is uh one of the things that we always have had with Iranian soccer was they were saying, Boys you know, that the 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 players the big players were dictating to the coaches what they have to do literally. (laughs) So now no one is guaranteed their spot, as you see in the goalie department. And also, it's a good thing where I, I have talked about this. I think that when I traveled to Guam last time, I saw the, the national team of Iran in last November. And uh, even though Sadar Osmond even wasn't there with that team that, that played against Guam. But you see now in different uh, positions, we have different choices. So no one player could be guaranteed in saying, you know, you have that spot forever throughout your career because now Carlos can call on anybody he wants and you have he has a choice of different players to the to the point where some really good players can end up on the bench you have stars now on the Iranian level sitting on the bench because you have Sadar Azun who could score, Uchi could score, Ashkan Dejage could score, Jahanbash could score and obviously not all these can end up on the 11 lineup uh, when they go uh, against a, you know, a team like South Korea or Uzbekistan and so on. Uh, so, so they have to compete and, and fight for their position. And that is a healthy competition. That's a healthy way of getting your best players onto the field for the day that you have the game. And I think that's wonderful, something that we have not experienced in a long time, if ever, <laughs> with the Iranian national team.
0: Yeah, you're right. You know, competition always makes everyone better. And, you know, compared to those times in the past where, you know, I believe it was a 2002 qualification campaign where there was there was uh, problems in the locker room with Iranian players. And like you said, now with Carlos Quiroz running the show and competition there, it's really bringing out the best in a, lot of the, in a lot of the Iranian footballers. And, you know, one thing I wanted to mention also, you know, we're talking about winning that game at Uzbekistan. And, you know, usually before games, a lot of Iranian fans are quick to wonder, they're quick to question who is going to be the, who's going to be officiating the game, and that game against Uzbekistan, the referee was Ben Williams of Australia. And I'm just really, when I look back at that match, I'm just happy that I didn't realize he was the referee until the last, you know, five or six minutes. And of course, we have a very bad memory of Ben Williams because of that match between Iran and Iraq in the quarterfinals of the 2015 Asian Cup in Australia.
1: Being from Australia, um, the fact that they have chosen to Uh, come into the AFC so that they could qualify for the World Cup as opposed to years before when they had trouble to get in. Obviously, they couldn't when they were not part of the AFC. So the whole federation, remember that they're very um, aware of this fact that they need to stay away from some of the controversies that have happened in the past. So you could sort of um, imagine or guess that the federation – and the soccer experts and everybody involved with the soccer in that country uh would uh nudge and, and hint to the to the referee hey look you know whatever happened in that game you need to stay away from that i mean i mean i'm not privy to any inside information but you could guess that they they, they that that the referee if if he wants to continue and, and, and also represent the soccer of his country Um, he wouldn't want to um, repeat any sort of controversial call or any sort of controversy that happened with the game in Iran, I mean, you know, in in the uh, Asian Cup between Iran and Iraq. So you could could imagine that that that, that wasn't going to happen again. Um, Especially, I think part of what Carlos Keros is very good at and and keen at is to create the atmosphere and to make the awareness um, by publicizing uh, things like what he did, you know, he he made a big deal. like, Oh yeah, same same referee or whatever whatever happened in that game against us, you know, in, against Iraq you know, in, in in Australia. That hey look, um, so he he sort of puts the guy on notice that uh, if anybody has forgotten what had happened, that he's reminding everybody uh, that look, you know, we're watching you. And uh, those who who have to watch you are watching you. Whether it's the AFC, whether it's the referees committee, whether it's FIFA, whoever, or whether it's all the journalists that, who are covering these games. So he puts the. I mean, that's part of the psychological game that that a good coach like Carlos in international coach like Carlos Caro, plays, and um, uh, sort of uh, forces the referee, such a referee, to stay away from any sort of potential um controversy that that may want to happen or may, may happen again or may if he wants to even go that way that, that that's going to force him not to go I'm not saying that, that referee wanted to or whatever. Remember it's it's a very, very tough thing to be a referee. I don't know if ever you have done it, but um you know, even if you're doing, you know, a pickup soccer with friends and somebody asks you to be a referee you realize how difficult a job that is, okay? now in that at that level um you know I'm sure it's not it's not an easier that's why um the number of good referees throughout the world internationally you see that uh, you know they're probably a handful and uh because no matter what uh, as a series of games that you do as a referee, you have to somehow somewhere down the line make a mistake and um people can all the soccer enthusiasts experts journalists they can come down hard on you. And criticize you or probably get etched in their memory, just like you mentioned, you know. You as a soccer fan and soccer expert, you mentioned that game. You remember that game against Iraq and, and what he did. And, and probably, uh, you know, to Iranian soccer fans, that referee caused Iran to be, you know, to get eliminated from the Asian Cup and so on. So it's a very tough job. We're all human beings. Referees are human beings. They make mistakes and so on. Um but but if 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 he's a professional ref whoever he is uh, for any game if some controversy happened i'm sure that for the second time that they're going to be facing that very team um you can bet that they're not going to try to um repeat that mistake if if if, if it was a mistake i don't know i mean uh, i'm just talking generally i'm not talking specific that that one game so uh i'm not surprised i'm not surprised that uh uh, we didn't uh, see a repeat of uh, whatever incident happened uh, in the game against uh, Iraq uh, in the Australian Asian Cup.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, how it's tough to be a referee. You asked me if I, if I had any experience with it. You know, actually, I do. It was a long time ago. And let's just say I am sticking to. You know, I prefer playing and coaching soccer, you know, over refereeing it. And, and you know, five days after that win against Uzbekistan, Iran came home, defeated South Korea one nil. Excellent goal scored by Sardar Osman. Nice pass provided to him by Ramin Razayan. 75,000 Iranians were in attendance. It was a loud, intimidating stadium as always. That's what we always want when Iran hosts South Korea. And, you know, you, you, when we talk about, you know, really, really good teams in the Asian Football Confederation, one team I want to come to mention is that, uh, you know, Iran has always had trouble with Saudi Arabia. And you and I have, you know, memories of, you know, you mentioned the memory. I, I was at that game in 2009, unfortunately. But, you know, Iran has had trouble with Saudi Arabia. But it seems like in the last, you know, last X amount of matches, you know, Iran played South Korea. Iran defeated South Korea 1-0 both times in 2014 qualifying. Well, you know, we defeated them in that friendly one nothing. I know the friendly wasn't as, as important. But now we just defeated them one nothing at home in another qualifier. I mean, would you say, like, as from your experience, do you think that Iran just match up much better Against the South Koreans, or do you think just it's more? Of, is it also kind of a psychological thing, where Iran just brings their best performance against their rival, the South Koreans?
1: Well, I will just uh, quote some of the Iranian national team players like Mahdi and 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 uh, those like him uh, that that have told me personally, and they've said it in interviews, not, nothing nothing private or personal, that that they have this issue with with the Arab teams that, first of all, there's this, this whole political thing that's going on, obviously, in the in the politics of the region. But they also mention, uh, as their professional Iranian soccer players, that they, they say that the, the, the Arab teams like Saudi Arabia and Bahrain and so on, um, and those who have followed those uh, games have re- have seen it and remembered those things, they quote-unquote say they play counter-soccer. And so, basically, there's always this thing where First of all, before even stepping onto the pitch, they have a psychological effect in their head that because of the past experiences, um, that they already there's some baggage involved in that game. And I don't know what that happened. I'm not a professional soccer player, so I don't know if that sort of uh, drains your uh, energy or, or, or your your creativity or what happens. But they have said that the the Arab teams against Iran play counter soccer, and that affects. And plus, um, uh, I, I've been told uh, that uh, a lot of uh, uh, not 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 nice words are exchanged on the field. Um, so they also get under the skin of the Iranian players by uh, sometimes using uh, not very friendly Iranian uh, Farsi language <laughs> words. Uh, against our players, uh, I've been told by different Iranian players that it happens, on, you know, on the field uh, as they go through the game and so on and so forth. So, and, and um, again, Iranian players like the rest of the Middle Eastern players, uh, being that footballer that, that we talked about last time, the zealous soccer or the emotional soccer, so they kind of know how to get under the skin and 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 get some sort of reaction. So all that put together, um, with all the history that ha- they have. Um, obviously, he sets apart a game against Saudi Arabia uh, as opposed to a game against the South Korea or Japan. Um, yes, we always play much better against South Korea. And also remember, it's a funny thing about Iranian soccer. It's always you know they play better against better teams. If you notice that you know when they play against the European teams, um, you know like uh, you know they play Sweden or whatever and and in, in, in Germany and so on and so forth. I mean you know the German the, the German team that traveled to Iran. Regardless of the results, you see a better play. You you see a better creative soccer from the Iranian team. So it is true that they play better against better teams. And we've all all said it in, in, in some of my um, live broadcasts. I've said it. Um, they play worse with worse teams. And then when I say worse, uh, again, um, I'm not to I'm not trying to denigrate any any teams you know in the region or whatever. But Um, Obviously, there's a difference between the level of soccer that Saudi Arabia plays as opposed to a German team or or a Swedish team and so on, as as you can tell. Um, But definitely, we've had a um, history of playing better soccer, maybe easier soccer, maybe as uh, as opposed to all the other issues that I talked about, the political issues, the regional issues, the historical issues that we have with the countries in the region, uh, that whole baggage that obviously we don't have with the South Korea. So once um, our players step onto the pitch... They, you know, they're there just to play a good, 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 creative soccer game, and that, you know, lets them um, provide and present the kind of soccer that a, a soccer fan would appreciate, and, uh, and that's what we see. Now, this team also against South Korea, the Iranian team against South Korea, have had a lot of experience uh, throughout the years. Many, many times we have played against South Korea, so there's a bit of obvious uh, experience. Uh, against that very team. I know the players obviously go through different, uh, phases and, and they also, uh, are not always present. Uh, as you can tell, like, for instance, Jawadin Akunam, um, he played against South Korea. If I remember, he goes back all the way to, uh, 2002, uh, Pusan, Pusan, games that Iran won the gold medal. Jawadin Akunam was on that team. 2004, Asian Cup, they get played against South Korea. Jawadin Akunam was part of that team. 2007 Asian Cup in Malaysia, Jawad Nakuna was part of that team. Uh, all the way to 2010 uh, uh, qualifiers, we played against South Korea uh, in Tehran. Jawad Nekunam scored a goal against them. Then we come all the way to 2000, as you said, uh, 14 World Cup. Again, we played South Korea, and Jawad Nakuna was part of that team. And, and what I'm saying is, now this this last game, obviously Jawad wasn't playing, but the experience, and you know, he's a coach, but but that experience. Obviously, gets transferred, and there's all the other players along with with him that play have played in some of those very games that I just mentioned. That my memory, you know, real quick right now, I could recall. So, uh, you know, they they obviously talk to each other. Then they share the experience, and it seems like they're much more at ease playing against against the South Korea. Uh, as much as South Korea's soccer level is, is, is uh, at least on paper much higher than a Saudi Arabian team, but you see that they, uh, for all these different, different reasons that I mentioned, um, they have a better, uh, at least, uh, uh, easier time um, to uh, show what 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 they can do on the pitch as opposed to uh, the, the the regional teams like Saudi Arabia, like Bahrain, like Qatar. And so on. And you always see that, you know, with, with the countries like there, like Qatar, Bahrain, Emirates, uh, and Saudi Arabia, there's always these other side issues we get into. And you talked about the very game against Iraq. I mean, even though now, politically, the two countries of Iran and Iraq right now, they get along. But still, on, on the soccer level, you saw that whole thing that happened in, in 2015, the Asian Cup. Um, and so, so on and so forth. So basically, uh, yeah, against South Korea, I think uh, uh, that the, the Iranian players have really matured in um, gaining all the experiences, whether they themselves, any of those players who have played in the past against the South Korea, or have had uh, someone like Jawadine Kunam um, sit and talk with him and share his uh uh, many years of experience against playing South Korea, South Korean uh, uh, players, South Korean uh, style, and and that all helped uh, you know put together. Uh, and you see that uh, every time we play South Korea, we're getting better and better, and and you see that how South Korean uh, soccer players are becoming uh, very respectful towards Iranian soccer. After the game, I, I saw some interviews uh, by the by the Korean soccer players that they were. Not only well before the game, if you remember, they they had talked about uh, well we are afraid of Iran, we are afraid of Iranian fans, we're, you know they had said things like that or Iran is a dreadful place when you travel there, that so on and so forth. But after the game, uh, you know I, I saw a couple of interviews with the players of South Korea that that uh, they're being very, they were being very very respectful towards the style of play, about the level of play of, of Iranian soccer, uh, as opposed to the other side issues and and. Uh, they, have, they, they admitted, even the coach admitted that, um, obviously, the Iranian football is now on a different level.
0: Yeah, you know, and some of the teams you mentioned, you know, you mentioned a lot, and uh, one thing also, yeah, of course, the Asian Games, I remember that, that was 2002 when Iran won the gold medal in the Asian Games, and, you know, you mentioned also that, you know, Iran has had trouble when they play against teams that are, you know, below their level of competition, but they play better against teams like South Korea or even, you know, other European teams, and, you know, after those two wins, against Uzbekistan in South Korea, and I looked at the schedule, and of course the, the last game Iran played for World Cup qualifying was on the 15th of November, I was looking at the schedule, and that was against Syria, I right away expected a result that we would not be happy about, and I hate that I was right, and you know, for starters, the game took place in Malaysia, I mean, why is Syria playing their home matches in Malaysia? Well, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a member of the Asian Football Confederation, and You know, when I woke up that morning, I heard that there were thunderstorms, the match would be delayed, and I saw the field, you know, and I even named my article, The Stalemate in the Swamp, you know, that zero-zero draw between Iran and Syria, and, you know, what I want to know is, I mean, of course, I don't want to sit here and ask you the obvious question of whether or not that game should have been played. I'm sure many people would think it should not have been played, but with the Asian Football Confederation, you know, whenever it comes to logical decisions, we know that they're not really fond of those when it involves uh, Team LA, the national team of Iran. But, you know, but let's just, you know, that game happened, 0-0 zero, zero draw. Do you think that was actually an okay result considering that Iran had to play in that quagmire of a pitch?
1: Well, no, I mean, obviously you would want the team to win and get the three points. So, and against the, if you beat South Korea, you beat Uzbekistan, then you expect your team to beat, obviously, Syria. And if you don't do it, then that's not a satisfactory result, obviously. But then again, there is no definite in soccer. Who says that? Who's going to win and lose in any game? You know, today's game, today's soccer, it's like there's uh, the good thing about actually soccer is the surprises that not necessarily every team would win every time. So any, any part of the world, whether national team or club team. So basically on paper again, yes, it was expected that Iran would beat Syria. Um, I can see from the organizers' point of view, as far as whether it's AFC or FIFA or whoever, because of the FIFA days and the way it's been scheduled, they try to make that game happen today. It It has to happen because postponing it and then trying to get all these other players, especially now with Iran, as you can tell, we have all these players all over the world. And if it's not a FIFA day, you can't get them from their clubs. So you're going to get into this all this trouble of whatever they were even i was th- I was just thinking i don't know I, I didn't read anybody's uh, opinion or expert' opinion in any um, um publication or media, but I was thinking okay, even if they they were going to try to postpone the game to the next day, well these other some of these players had to get back to Europe to their clubs and and uh, I don't know how that would have worked as far as postponing the game, uh, if they postpone it to some other date, not not the next day, but some other date, um, when were they going to be able to, you know, schedule this game? Now, a country like uh, Syria or Saudi Arabia, uh, even if they have players outside the country, they play in the region, you know, they don't necessarily play in Europe. So it's, it'll be much easier to get them, and with all the loose rules that they have as far as you know, like in Iran, how whatever the Federation decides, okay, we're gonna shut down the league and we're gonna uh, you know, go into camp for our national teams, obviously none of that none of that can happen for Europe, especially European clubs cannot you know, they're not gonna go uh you know, if Carlos K. Roche or the Iranian Mr. Taj of Federation calls, Oh yeah, we need our player and they go to hell. Um, you know, we're going by FIFA rules. So it's not it's not it's not that easy. You know, it's not that easy to to do uh, um, to postpone game, So I can see, as much as we've talked about how AFC may be prejudiced against the Iranian football, you know, trying to be fair about it, you know, as much as you can, you want to do the game on schedule. It's a work of qualifier. And, uh, you know, again, uh, you see in Germany, they play – I mean, I, I wasn't satisfied with that game, by the way, but I'm just saying – I've seen in Germany that they play in heavy snow in their Bundesliga, and you wonder, sometimes you know you've seen that they don't even see the ball, so they have to change the ball to an orange color <laughs> ball so that the player sure. can because there's so much snow on the field. But you know, as they say, as they say in, the, in Hollywood, the show must go on. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the games have to happen, and so yes, a lot of people were critical of the fact that that game play, was played on that field. Um, but on the other hand, you know, again, as I said, the show must go on. They have to play a game because of the scheduling or whatever. Um, again, some people still wouldn't make things. Oh, yeah, no, AFC against Iran, and it was done on purpose or whatever. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Um, you have to do what you have to do. And um, as you had mentioned earlier before, a phone call, that if Jahan Bash had scored on one header and it would have been 1-0 Iran, Maybe some of this criticism would not have been voiced and and heard about. So it all depends on the perspective you take, uh, depending on how you would want to look at something. Um, But we should should have been able to get the three points, no matter what, and we didn't. Um, Still, we got one point. But the fact that we have already beaten South Korea, we have beaten Uzbekistan, we're at the top of the... Group right now, and 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 the fact that we our performance has been good against the kinds of Uzbekistan and South Korea, obviously um, it's a good sign that uh, we can go on and hopefully, without all the difficulties we have shown in the past, to try to qualify for for the uh, 2018 World Cup.
0: Yeah, it's definitely what I'm hoping. I mean, uh, you know, we've all all the all the teams have played each other once so far. You know, five matches in played. Iran has 11 points on top of the group. South Korea has 10. Uzbekistan has nine. So yeah, it will be. It will be intense for the last five match days. You know, Iran's next match will be at Qatar. It will be against Qatar in Doha on the 23rd of March. So we've got a long way till that match comes. And, you know, we're looking at the lineup from this last game. Um, there were some injuries have hit team, injuries hit team LA, And also Essan Shafi and Sardar Azmun unfortunately were suspended because of their participation in that little incident against, uh, Qatar. And that whole, in the first, uh, match they won for the, you know, to begin the final round of, uh, World Cup qualifying. But when I was looking at positions for, you know, goalkeeper, I was actually expecting Mohammad Reza Akbari of Draktur Sazi to be starting for Team Elite, but instead it was Sosha Makani, who had a pretty solid season with Mjoln um, the team that he's been playing with in the first division of Norwegian football. It was actually not the Norwegian Premier League but the second level of, of Norwegian football. And with Sosha Makani, I mean, of course, there's injuries to Ali Reza, Behran Vand, and Ali Reza Haghighi has kind of disappeared lately. So with Makani, do you see him being um do you think he's he's possibly solidifying one of his one of the spots for goalkeeper for team LE because of how he's been playing um in Norway.
1: Well, well obviously uh, on the face of it, the, you know, has having broken his hand or he wasn't available, so that right there you can tell okay, there is that uh, immediate possibility for another goalie to come in. Now who comes in and why they come in? That goes to the coaches and 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 you know he has uh, Carlos has the the American Portuguese coach goalkeeper coach who happens to be you know residing and lives in in Eastern United States uh, in I, if I believe he's uh, in New Jersey lives in New Jersey. But um, yeah, Dan Gaspar. Yeah, Dan Gaspar. So 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 they're right there. They 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 you know they're in, living and 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 and. Uh, um, are in contact with all these players they have them under uh, surveillance so to speak uh being a little bit sarcastic here but you know they they they're following them they're in touch with them they know what they're doing and 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 who's in shape right now at the moment uh it's it's you know uh, not for me to sit here and 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 uh, try to second guess them and saying whether you know Sosha socialconic would have been appropriate or what this guy or that guy I don't know um you know it's 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 uh it's the coach's discretion to call in and and be in touch with whoever they are and and uh, ask him to come in. what we expect them is to see the result and obviously we see the results that they have so far uh garnered and so basically that's that's what we look for um I am not a coach and I try not to act like one or, 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 you know, uh, try to pass myself as one. Um, you know, whether they bring in Sosha Makani or anyone else, um, what's good about it, all, all I can say is in any position now in the Iranian soccer national team, uh, including the goalkeeping position, you see that you have so much, uh, choices and options. And, and that's why, um, they all have to be on their toes and 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 uh, be competing for that position, and that's good news. So, and I'm glad that they do that. I'm glad that they rotate them. And, I mean, for whatever reason that they choose. I I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it should be done or not should be done, but I'm just saying the fact that it's happening, and so that first of all, none of those players in any position would feel like they are uh, you know, uh, guaranteed a position in, in, in the national team number one. And number two that other players who are not right now getting to be uh uh on the team have this hope that yes, I can be somehow someday added on because of the way um you know they would be performing in their clubs, whether inside Iran or outside Iran. So that that is that is good news for the Iranian soccer and, and more power to the Iranian coaches uh, under Carlos Queiroz who, who who are bringing on this sort of attitude.
0: All right, very good explanation there. I mean, I, you know, so Sosha Makani has been you know considered. He, he's been looked at as kind of a what can I say? He's he's brought some attention to himself. Um, you know, amongst you know Iranian football fans. But overall, though, I, I like the way he played. You know, he did he did his job there. You know, it was nil nil. I mean, so it's like you know, because of the condition of the field, some of the shots you know, the ball would just kind of get stuck in the ground. But, you know, either way, you know, it's a point there, and I'm just, you know, looking forward to the next qualifier. But like I said earlier, we got a long way to that next qualifier against uh, Qatar. And uh i just like to thank you for taking time to join us again, to join me here on Team LA Talk. It was oh, really great to have you. Uh, and I'd like to ho- I hope I get to catch up with you again as we get closer to the, to the next uh, match day of um, World Cup qualifying.
1: Thank you very much, and wishing happy holidays to all your fans.
0: Thank you very much, and to everyone else who's listening, make sure you're keeping up with us on TeamLATalk.com. Make sure you're paying attention to our article as well. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and on and on Twitter. You know the handle, at Talk. And also make sure you're keeping tabs on our RSS feeds, keeping you updated with all the latest news from FIFA and World Cup qualifying. <laughs>